What is up, guys? Welcome to the MMA on Point live chat. We got a special edition going on today where it is me just hanging out with my buddy Mac Valley. I asked people on Twitter what they thought of the idea of us just doing a, a stream today. PT's off today, so you know he's who you would have seen on these chats in the past, along with Lawton, who is usually running everything. So that's the reason for starting just a little bit late <laughs> because I wanted to make sure I had it and uh, let me know if everything's sounding okay. Let me know if everything looks good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you're not familiar with me, I'm the co-owner of the channel. Jason is my name. You're used to hearing my voice on videos. What is up, guys? And then I'm joined today with my buddy here, uh, Mac Malley, who when he saw the tweet yesterday was like, dude, I'll join you on a stream if you want to do one. Mac Malley is a ride or die homie. He runs our social media. He runs our Twitch. Dude does everything for us. So uh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. Glad to be here. What's up, YouTube? Nice to meet you guys. We've met before. I did that. We did a fight companion with Jens Culver. I was here for that, but. That's exactly you know? right. Yeah, we yeah. did do one very special version of this uh, in the past where we played UFC 4 and then we went right into a Twitch stream just to kind of show off what was going on there. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, I say we jump right into this stuff. There's so much stuff that happened yesterday. It's kind of all over the place. Like, So just to give you a quick rundown, they just announced that ABC, which is a, if you're not mm -hmm. American – you don't really probably understand how big that is. It's a massive channel. And when the UFC was on Fox, you know, eight years ago when they first signed that deal, that was like a massive deal that they were on, quote unquote, big Fox. ABC is bigger than that. ABC is in like 97% of households across the U.S. I'm not sure what the percentage is for Fox, but like ABC's literally been around like since like the 30s or 40s. Like it's ridiculous amount of time that they've been around. There was that, and they're owned, they're owned by Disney, aren't they? So that's kind of why ESPN. Because I, I saw some yep. people being like, "Oh, well, what about ESPN?" It's not leaving ESPN. It's just being added to ABC because it's still the same parent company, right? If I understand that right. Ooh, somebody said to turn up my volume. I might have to uh -oh. distract a little bit and then move over to the other side of the room to do that. So hang on just a second here, but. Yeah, so there was that. There was Anthony Pettis announcing that he is leaving the UFC. So that is like a big shocker of all big shockers there. Um, didn't see that coming, coming off an incredible win over the weekend. Uh, it looks like maybe Tyron Woodley. Like, we just found this out because he literally just posted a picture. What was it to Instagram? Because you saw this, man. Yeah, so he put up uh, just a black still image with just the word cut on it. That's all. That's all we know. So, I mean, it could be from his record label, or it could be from the UFC. We'll never know. Cool. Well, um, well I actually, guess we will if you know. don't mind, help me run the chat a second. People are telling me to turn up just mm -hmm. a little bit. I'm going to do that. Unfortunately, my sound device is on the other side of the room. So, um, yeah, if you want to talk about uh, whichever one of those things that you find to be the most interesting, you can kind of run okay. with it, and I'll, I'll be right back in like 10 seconds. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole Anthony Pettis thing is, is – kind of a shocker because you know he did mention he was willing to look into free agency after uh this last fight and, you know he's been with the ufc for 12 12 years dude he's a mainstay um and then he also said the fight he wanted next was a he wants to go back down and commit to 155 again because he feels like when he fought diego uh 
he felt like he was kind of forced into it because he had been fighting a lot at welterweight and he wasn't in the mindset that's according to him he wasn't in the mindset to do 155 he felt contractually obligated to do it so that's why he took that diego fight jumped right back up to 170 so he wants to go back down and commit to 155 again and he wanted to fight ferguson and so i found it the UFC must have, you know, just not given him the money he was asking because he was 100% on board to fight Tony Ferguson from what it sounded like. So from here, my guess is he goes to Bellator with his brother. You know, I'm sure yeah. his brother seems to like it over there, you know, and why the fuck wouldn't you? You know, your brother's there. He goes, dude, no, they treat us great over here. Come over here and, you know, snag a title. Um, I think Pettis... At any in you know any given day, that dude is a fucking killer, you know a top ten fighter. But uh, I think title, well title in the UFC, I don't really see happening for Pettis ever again. He might he may be able to get close, but I don't see it happening. Maybe he's acknowledging that and say fuck it, let's go grab a Bellator title. So I'm expecting to see him end up in Bellator. It makes all the sense in the world to go to Bellator with his brother. Reportedly, you know Sergio Pettis is getting paid more than he got paid in the UFC. I know a lot of guys, you know, I've talked to guys that have fought or are currently fighting in Bellator, and Bellator pays people well. If you got a name value to you, they need you. Mm-hmm. So they're going to pay extra, and I guarantee you that's what it all came down to. I mean, it's like... Yeah. And the UFC said they're going to let go 60 to 80 guys, so this might have been a softer way of doing it, just being like, oh, yeah, we can't match that offer. So it's like, it wasn't our decision it was just that you wanted more money than we could give you type kind of thing. So it's pretty interesting. We did get a super chat, uh, actually a couple of them. Ryan Coates, happy holidays, more shocked at the chaos loss or the Cheeto Vera loss. Definitely the chaos loss if I had to go with both of those. Because I actually picked Michelle winning, and I also picked Aldo winning that fight. Um, but Aldo, I, just, I still see Aldo as like a... Just outside of the top five, if not in the top five. And Cheeto Vera, I think he's got a little bit more of a ways to go. I mean, he's been fighting the UFC since 2014. It's not like he's a newbie. But um, I think there is a bit of a... I don't know. There's just just levels to it. You know, it's what they always say. What do you think? Yeah. Were you more shocked Same. by... I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was shocked by either of those. Um, yeah. The only thing I was really shocked by was... Uh, the, that fight with, you know... Perea, Perea, and um, and Chaos. We all thought that was gonna be, you know, a banger, dude. We thought people were gonna their bodies hitting the floor, multiple drops. Someone's getting <laughs> KO'd like fuck. Um, I think, I think Michelle, Michelle felt his power early and was like, yo, I'm gonna tone it down a little bit. He didn't get too crazy. I mean, he tried like that donkey kick, bro. Oh yeah, that fucking kick was sick. What was uh, you know? So he he got a little more. He did try some things, fight. yeah. Yeah, so I think I think he felt Chaos's power early, and he went, no, I can't mess around too much. And then you look back at his last fight where he was slapping dude around. You know, even then, that was a more patient Michel from what we've seen before him. Imadayev. He was still doing – yeah, Imadayev. It was still, a, you know, a classic kind of Perea um, performance. But you could tell he was kind of dialing it down, you know. So uh, I was saying on Twitter, dude, like, we all got to watch out now for patient Perea, dude. You know, patient Gar- Garbrandt was dope, you know, is dope. We got patient Gaethje has looked insane, <laughs> you know, until he met Khabib. Up now we got patient Khabib, Perea. Yeah. yeah, so 
that that the biggest shocker for me was just that that fight wasn't a little more crazy. But you know, you stand across from a guy built like either of those guys get cracked in the face one time, and yeah, let's see you do a cartwheel. Yeah, there was a lot of respect there. Somebody was asking if it was an axe kick. I don't know if he threw an axe kick in the fight, but I do remember him specifically turning around and just thrusting his uh, leg up in the air, which is why I think you were calling it a donkey kick. But I'm um, a bronco, bronco buck, bronco That's a buck, bronco buck. <laughs> oh, that dude! I'd never seen that kick. That was pretty freaking dope, dude. We got a super chat uh, from Outlaw one seventy six. What's good, Jason? What's good, Mac? What do you think of Jorge? Hang on, I need to expand the screen. Oh, in the Stephen Thompson fight, dude. I think it makes a lot of sense. I actually am hoping for the Colby fight more than that, though. You know, as as much as I want to see. You know, Thompson get that opportunity. He was obviously really great to work with when we shot with him, you know, in November. Uh, by the way, that took like a month before it came out, but it was also a timing thing. So it's kind of like that feels like so long ago now to say. But um, I think it would be an incredible fight. I thought the first fight was great. I mean, that was on, I think that was on UFC 217 is what it was when uh, Jorge Masvidal and... Uh, Wonder Boy Thompson fought for the first time and so it's like one of those weird things where you almost like forget about it because of how incredible that card was but that was an amazing fight that fight was really good I mean Thompson pretty much dominated most of the fight but Jorge had his moments there too and I really want to know what he looks like this 2.0 version of Masvidal hell it might even be 3.0 as long as this dude's been around but, um, yeah, I would love to see that. But the Colby fight is just a little bit sweeter to me right now. I want to see that one go down. People are talking like they might be the ultimate fighter coaches. Uh, people are saying because that's supposed to happen in March. Who knows? But I really like the Masvidal fight. I like that, too. So that's a, a good second-place position for me. What do you think about that one, Mac? Like, what, what's the base question? Because we went to a couple topics. Like, what would Masvidal Wonderboy 2 look like? Yeah, what do you think of the rematch if it goes down? Well, I'm I'm with you, man. I I would much rather see Colby versus Jorge, but then I don't know what you do with Wonder Boy. But Wonder Boy versus Masvidal too. I think we'd see a lot of the same style fight. I mean, if uh, you know, Anthony Pettis caught Wonder Boy, and you know, we I still yeah. I refuse to watch that clip. But uh, <laughs> you know, Jorge could catch him. But I think, dude, Wonder Boy has. You know, people talk about the footwork of Dominic Cruz. I think he has fancy. <laughs> Like over the top footwork, where Wonder Boy's, I think he has the best movement in in UFC. I mean, I I think he has to, man. I mean, a lot of people were no Jeff Neal's gonna be able to clip him, bro. Where where was the clip? The hardest he got hit, I think, was in the fifth round, and then the headbutt. Yeah. You know that headbutt was brutal, dude. And it was you know Jeff was crashing in trying to find his chin, and Wonder Boy was letting his hands fucking go in this fight, dude. You know, I remember a couple instances instances where uh, Jeff got him up against the cage and cornered him real good. He didn't... He, he wasn't doing a very good job cutting off the cage that whole fight, mm. but when he would, he did it a couple times, and he plastered Wonder Boy up against the cage. Wonder Boy started firing back, dude. Like, dude still yeah. got it. So, going back to the Masvidal fight, I think <clears throat> it would be somewhat the same type of thing. Um... That dude's just a matador. He's a matador, and if Jorge can't catch him, Wonder Boy's gonna do his thing. So uh, I would take Wonder Boy in a rematch, but uh, they would be cautiously. But again, I don't know what you do with Wonder Boy right now because 
you said, Colby versus Jorge is what basically everyone else wants. So what do you do with uh, Wonder Boy? Mm. You know, loser of Chimayov versus Leon? Winner of Leon? You know, but if Leon wins that, he's going to want nothing but a fucking title shot for sure. Yeah, so there was actually a question about that from uh, Jake Miller. Wonder Boy versus the winner of Hamza and Leon. Mm. So I actually think it should be the winner, um, but... I don't know. I feel bad for Leon Edwards um, because they're they're throwing him the gauntlet, but he also turned down the Thompson fight. So there's almost this like, mm-hmm. well, you turned it down, you're going to get it anyway, and you have to go through another guy. Um, I don't know if I'm the person that wants to throw that on somebody. Um, I think that Leon, man, he should be getting a title shot if he if he wins here mm-hmm. soon. D- should he get it off of Hamzat? No, but he was ranked number three in the division. He hasn't already lost to Usman. Colby and Masvidal have. So who else does that leave? That leaves Leon. And Leon lost to him like years ago, but not as champion. They're super recent losses with Colby and Masvidal. For him, I mean, that was that like five years ago, somewhere around that? Maybe four? Um, I can look that up real quick too. But what do you think about that? Who, who do you think the winner of Hamzat versus Leon should get next? Should they fight Thompson or what should they do? I'd say in an ideal world, Chimayov wins, you do Wonder Boy versus Chimayov. Uh, Leon wins, you give him a title shot. Mm. So, which, which should, um, let's say he spectacularly knocks out Leon Edwards. What happens with, uh, with Hamza? Yeah, what happens with Chimayov? If he Fox, ideally, dude. best case scenario for him, knocks him out just out cold the first round or something or or subs him what do you do with Hamzat next do you give him a title shot he gives that motherfucker whatever he wants <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know what I, I don't know man I, I i don't know there's just something about that dude you know i've said this on the twitch streams a thousand times dude i i think he's going and i think someone said it in the chat up here uh alex what's up alex he said think Hamzat will get through leon edwards takedown defense i think so i think I think he is a has a good chance to beat Leon here. Not any disrespect to Leon. Leon's great, dude, and he, get, he gets a lot of disrespect he doesn't deserve. Um, some of it he's put on himself with the things he said, and then you know talking shit about Wonder Boy turning that fight down. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you you they booted him from the ranking and said, okay, you're gonna fight this guy then. So I mean, bad call on his part. But again, I like Leon, but Chimayov has the ground game. I think to be able if you know, he's in his first two fights, his coaches told him what to do, and he did exactly that, right? The takedown, beat the fuck out of him. It, it was like 100 to 1 punches in both of those fights. Mm. Third fight, he's talking about, they're like, oh, well, this, he's a ground fighter. He's a ground fighter. And he goes, no, I got hands. So his coach told Chimayev before he fought GM3, he said, all right, let's show him your hands. You, I want you to go out there and strike. And look what the fuck we saw, dude. <laughs> so I, I think dude is going to listen to his coaches, and I wouldn't be surprised if his coaches say, look, we've seen Leon Edwards be smothered and taken down and beat up on the ground by Kamar Usman. You know, and of course that was a while ago, a uh, long time ago. But uh, I think I think Chimayev has the ground game to resort to if he has any trouble on the feet. So I think I think Kamzat's going to beat him up. Wow. You know, and I know that's uh, maybe, a, maybe a hot take, and I'm, I'm happy if I'm wrong. But you tell me the last time we saw a dude win three UFC fights in, what, two months? Yeah. With receiving one or two strikes. It's mm. just, that's unheard of, dude. And, uh, you know, I'll raise my hands. Legit, but I'll say I'm what picking Leon Edwards for that fight. I mean, 
I mean, it's just an uncanny jump up. I'm not saying Hamza can't do it. And I think there's part of like, I think there's part of us that wants it to happen because it's so unprecedented. When was the last time you just saw somebody go from relative obscurity? I mean, literally <coughs> on the international stage. I mean, he was killing it in Brave before that. And you and I have, you know, even on Twitch streams, mm-hmm. watched his knockouts in Brave. Uh, the guy is, was fascinating his entire career. He placed number three in the Russian, you know, wrestling uh, championships. And then he went over to, uh, was it Sweden? And actually won the gold there. I mean, so the guy, you know, he's been accomplished for a long time. But he really just hit the international MMA stage in July. I mean, talk about taking off running. Literally going from that within a year to fighting the number three guy in the division. It's just insane. So, I mean, anything can happen. Um, let's see. What did JT Vo say? JT Vo said, Leon, if he wins, should get the next title shot. Shimaev, Wonder Boy, if he comes out on top. I like that a whole lot more. Um, JT Vasa says, Hamzat hasn't fought a welterweight at welterweight yet. Gotta be Leon. And I agree with that, too. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. Reese McKee, as great as he is coming out of Cage Warriors and stuff like that, Lightweight. he's a 155-er. And he's exactly the kind of style that played into Hamzat's hands when he wants to wrestle on the ground. It's honestly an English fighter that doesn't have a whole lot of wrestling ability, which has traditionally been an Achilles heel of that region. I think anybody you know from uh, the UK certainly knows what I'm talking about. Which um, is what I brought up about Leon, too. I think Leon's a very good wrestler for an Englishman, but Kamzat... That's his bread and butter, dude. Mm. I, I don't know, man. Leon smokes him. I'm not going to cry, but <laughs> I'm ready to see this hype train keep rolling. I love being shocked in MMA. That's like one of the best things about MMA is when somebody just does like the unthinkable and they shock the shit out of you. We did get a super mm-hmm. chat from NKS432. Do you think Wonder Boy is a potential champion despite his age? Will the UFC push him? Also, Mac, you look like Mass but all. <laughs> That's something you actually get kind of often, don't you? I there it is. A lot, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've seen people go way past that age. You know, we've seen Randy Couture at age 43 become the champion by almost knocking out Tim Sylvia. He was the interim champion at almost 40 when he beat Chuck Liddell in Chuck Liddell's prime in 2003. Uh, we've got guys like, you know, DC who were in championship fights all the way until, what was he, 42 this past year when he mm-hmm. last fought Stipe, so championship caliber. Um, I think it really just depends on who you are and where you're at in your career and how many miles. I mean, if you've been knocked out like 10 times straight out cold, the chin's probably a little gone, you know. Um, you know, if you want to compare Chuck Liddell to Randy Couture even on that end, you know. If you look at him when he came back, I mean, he wasn't too far from the age that Randy Couture is. I think Randy Couture retired at age 45. Chuck Liddell comes back at age 48 and fights Tito Ortiz and gets knocked out with the lightest of punches, you know, and... I don't think that's a controversial take. I think that's pretty well known. Got knocked so, out by a politician, man. Got knocked out by a councilman. Um, God, what a rough one. So I think it just depends on who you are. The thing is, Wonder Boy only has one knockout loss his entire like. I don't even think he got knocked out no. in his point karate career. So it's that's- like if you go back throughout his entire career, when has he ever been knocked out? So I think his chin is there. He took some decent punches from um, – you know- oh, who am I trying to say right now? Jeff Neal, Neal. the other day. Yeah, he cracked him. Uh, yeah, he, he got cracked a couple times and took it. He's also been hit by Massive at all and took that in the past. So I think uh, he's very, very fast. 
he moves faster than just about any other lightweight. That was what they were talking about the whole night is how much faster he was than Jeff Neal. So I think it's a, a massive advantage that he has on his plate. Um, here's something, another uh, chat from NKS432. Is the gap between Colby's grappling and Masvidal's uh, grappling bigger than the gap between Masvidal's striking and Colby's striking? What do you think about that? Ooh. So who, who's got the, the trump card in that fight, you think? Well, Colby, obviously. <laughs> you think his wrestling matters more than the striking in that in that equation? Yeah. Yeah. Because Colby doesn't have, you know, like the best. It's all volume, you know, that he uses. He uses that volume. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, but I would say the, the, the bigger gap would be between the ground games and probably the gas tanks. I mean, not that that Masvidal gases out every fight, but, dude, Colby, I mean, even in that video we did with Wonderboy, as much as Wonderboy was talking about poking him in the eye, he had to, <laughs> he had to give him props and say, well, that dude's a monster insane. when it comes to cardio. So mm-hmm. I think, I would say the bigger discrepancy is between, is the grappling, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree. I actually favor Colby in that fight. Um, I think his striking is competent enough to do what he did in the Robbie Lawler fight. Um, you know, I'm I'm publicly stated not the biggest fan of Colby, but you have to give him credit. Even though his jaw got broken in the Usman fight, who's had a closer fight with Usman than that? In, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Emil Meek was the 30% version. That's maybe the worst version we've seen of him, you know, if anybody remembers that. I, I forgot about the 30% Usman. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, man. And the, the fight with um, Leon Edwards, you know, to to go against my own point of saying that I think Leon Edwards probably deserves a title shot if he beats Hamzat. Not because he beats Hamzat, but, but because he's already number three and it would be a fresh matchup to put him up against him, you know, so many years later than their first fight. But to go against my own point there, um, Usman dominated him. In that fight, you know, the only person who's given him a close fight so far that he's fought, even as champion, it wasn't Masvidal. Masvidal got dominated. Tyron Woodley got dominated. Colby um, had a real case for saying that he was winning the fight, even after his jaw mm-hmm. got broken in the third mm-hmm. round. Again, I'm not a Colby fan. I don't care who he is outside of the cage. I'm a fan yeah. of his fighting all day. I don't I don't care what your antics are outside of the cage. I'm only talking about their fighting. So if people have got a problem with me saying that, I'm not espousing anything else about him but his fighting right now. Just, I'm not talking about anything objective, else. You're being objective, man. It's just an objective. He uh, It was absolutely a close fight, and it could have gone to Kobe had he survived. Yeah. What I still what still trips me out, and I remember watching the fight. It was like the third round. I was like, how have neither of these motherfuckers shot for a takedown yet? And I think it's one <laughs> of two reasons. There's two reasons. Okay? It's either they just hated each other so much, they just wanted to punch each other in the face. They didn't want to take any any breaks. They didn't want to. They just wanted to slug it out. Fuck you! I want to hit you in the face. It's either that, or it's number two. They didn't want to find out they're not the best wrestler because those are like right. the two best wrestlers in the division. And you see this all the time. You put two like Mackenzie Dern and I forget her name. Uh, the the black belt she just fought this weekend, last weekend. Oh, yeah. um, who did she fight? I can't remember her he, name right now. Yeah, the black belt with the. Don't say Rob it. Schneider hair. Don't say it. <laughs> that that's fair. That she does have Rob Schneider hair, but they I thought you were going to say something else. Ne- no, <laughs> they both 
are these nasty, you know, grappling wizards. And what did they say? Fuck that. Check this, you know, window. Gender Roba, thank you. People are telling us in chat. Thank you, Zach McCall. Appreciate you, brother. So it still blows my mind when I watch that fight back and neither of them shoot for takedowns. And I've always wondered, which one is it? Is it that they just hate each other or that they don't want to find out? Usman doesn't want to shoot, get denied, get you know, laid down for a whole round and find out maybe I'm not the best grappler in the division. And same thing with Colby. So it's, I've always found that interesting as fuck, dude. Yeah, I find that really interesting too, that it never actually went to the ground. But I also thought there was a bit of a blood feud there where they wanted to knock each other out. Mm-hmm. They wanted a knockout. They were just like, screw it. I, I know yep. this guy can't take me down. And if he tries, it's going to be a bad night for him. I'm going to turn it around. And he's going to end up being on his back. I think either man was saying that to themselves going into it. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I'm just going to knock this dude out cold and make a statement, which would have been amazing for either of them. And it was amazing for Usman. I mean, that trended worldwide. Um, Let's see. I think Hamzat gets through Leon's takedown defense, says Alex Gronowski. I read that one earlier. Oh, did you read that one? I'm, I yeah, missed we, that one. My bad. Yeah, that's the one we went we went over when I was talking about, uh, you know, grappling and all that shit and how I think Kamzat. I know it's not the popular opinion with hardcore fans. I think I think Kamzat's legit. That's that's what I'm gonna say. I think he's before, top though. ten level talent, no doubt about it. He's easily gonna be top ten level talent. But is he top five level talent? And even going further to go to number three, is he top three level talent? That's the like. That's the progression. It's like I can easily say he's top ten, and uh, the hype is justified. But is the hype justified to that extent? You know, mm. he definitely deserves all the credit in the world for what he's already done. So, I mean, we'll see. But I think he can well, get through it. Absolutely. Do I think he will? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know that. Well, I want. I think he'll get at least a couple takedowns. I'll say that. I don't like the idea of thinking if he beats Leon, he's getting a title shot. If he mm-hmm. beats Leon, I think Leon wins, he's got to get that title shot. Chimayev wins, I want to see a, a number one contender fight. <clears throat> you know, I, I mean, as as high as high as I am on the Chimayev, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, he beats Izzy. Because like, there's people out there that already do believe Oof. that, dude. He beats Izzy. He beats, you know, Kamaru. I think that's a bridge too far that. right there. That's, yeah. My bridge ends at Leon. Let's find out. <laughs> um, we got a great super chat question here from Nathan Andrews. Merry Christmas, boys! With the Hooker Chandler fight booked, where does Gaethje go from here? Yeah, we haven't even started talking about kind of our headline Oliveira. here today. Um, Oliveira, dude, the Oliveira fight makes all the sense in the world. Man, I wish Habib would come back because, like, I was saying this on one of the live chats a couple weeks ago. Oliveira versus uh, Habib is the most interesting title fight that you can put together right now because you got a BJJ expert versus a Sambo expert, and this man just dominated Tony Ferguson on the ground, just absolutely went straight through him. And then before that, he pieced up Kevin Lee on the feet, who had just knocked out uh, Gillespie with a, an amazing head kick. You know, like mm-hmm. this guy can do it. I, I think that the version of Oliver that we are seeing now is no doubt the best version of him and he's probably the most dangerous guy he's like a gilbert burns you know we were just talking about welterweight so much gilbert burns can strike he can knock you out on the feet he can sub you that's exactly who Oliver has become it used to be that he was just like this jujitsu ace mm-hmm. that kind of missed weight a lot and had a fledgling career now it seems like he's got all of that together in one package the guy who can strike the guy who can take you down and he can sub you but he can also 
you know, get through the, the discipline of fight week and show up on weight and things like that. So, man, I, I, I love the idea of that. Um, the other option is, of course, the winner of Poirier versus uh, McGregor. But he said if that goes to a title fight, he wants to win one before it. Not to yeah. say he won't well, take a fight if it's given to him for a title, mm-hmm. but he wants at least one fight before he fights for the title. That's one of the quotes that you used. Yep. Yeah, he said he fully believes that you should win a fight before you get a title shot, but if they offered him one, he's not going to turn it down. I think it. I think the table sets itself right here, dude. You could honestly easily do Oliveira versus Gaethje. Winner of that fight's winner of Connor versus uh, Poirier for the title if Khabib doesn't come back. Hmm. You know, because I don't know what to believe about the Khabib thing. We hear some people being like, oh, no, I think he's going to come back. But then you have close friends and Khabib himself saying, fuck no. Like Daniel Cormier was saying just the other day that basically saying he's not going to come back for money. That's not what's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a legacy Mm -hmm. thing. So that dude's set for life. He doesn't need he doesn't need cash. He can make cash in a million other ways now. You know, but Oliveira, dude, going back to us talking about Oliveira, I was never a big fan of him. Like, I, even when he was the, you know, jujitsu ace you were talking about mm-hmm. a minute ago, like, you know. But then he went on that run of seven finishes in a row where he started finding his hands and, like, dropping people, knocking people out. And I went, oh, shit. Like, this dude is a hybrid version of, like, Tony Ferguson or some shit. Yes. I mean, he... He was bodying people, dude. So what? He's on an eight-fight win streak now, I believe, with seven finishes before Tony. Yeah, let's so let's sure. pull this up. How many up. were KOs? I think he knocked out Nick Lentz, didn't he? So he's got Guida, yeah. um, Yagos, uh, Jim Miller, David Taymor, Nick Lentz, Jared Gordon, Kevin Lee. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're all finishes except for Tony Ferguson. My God, would have anybody else tapped to that armbar. Anybody else would have tapped to that shit. It's insane Jeez. that he did not tap in that that was the first round right that was the end of the first round wasn't it yep. mm-hmm. i mean his arm no doubt like popped like a motherfucker <laughs> like there's oh, no way that sure. dude was just like oh yeah i'm fine i'm fine arm arm works great dude got his arm torn off but i mean if anyone's gonna just deal with that and get up and look at their opponent like dude like like that meme i post with a broken arm like what that's all you could do bitch like break my arm cool <laughs> tony don't give a fuck dude I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised. I'm glad it didn't happen, so we got to see the fight play out. But, um, you know, mm. if anyone could have come back from that, it would have been Tony. But, dude, Oliveira on the ground is just a monster. And I think that answers a lot of questions about what we always wondered with Khabib and Tony. Well, what could what could Tony do off his back with Khabib up there? Of course, Oliveira and, and uh, Khabib have vastly different styles on top of you. But uh, I don't know if Tony would be able to get him off from based off what we've seen just, uh, you know, Last weekend, man. Yeah, fair Good. enough. Well, um, uh, here's a great question then. Um, NKS asks, what about Tony at 170 pounds? I love it. I'm okay with it. Throw him up there. And people forget he won Ultimate Fighter at 170. So, like, I've always had people ask me, dude, why is Tony Ferguson in UFC 4? Why that. can't you play him as welterweight? Yeah, everyone does. And I've always been, well, because he won the, the ultimate fight. I don't think he's ever actually had a UFC fight at 170, though. Mm. So, so I mean, he won the ultimate fight at 170 and then dipped down. And I don't think he's gone back, but I'd like to see it. The ultimate fighter has a weird legacy of doing that, of like, mm-hmm. you know, what did Diego Sanchez and Kenny Florian fight at 185? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> middle talking about? Yeah, dude. They needed people to fill that show so bad back in the day. Um, 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I like him at 170 as well. See what he looks like there. But, man, I just think that he ran into, you know, I said this last week as well. I just think he ran into two of the toughest guys in the best version of themselves. I think the bar is just raised. I think it's one of those things because, I mean, like, I still think that Tony was being incredibly creative in the Oliveira fight. It was just that Oliveira, it didn't matter. Oliveira was just mm-hmm. ready for it. So, I mean, 170 might not be that much better, you know? Um, Carson in, <laughs> he leaves us a super chat to say the audio is out. We can't hear you. We'll get that worked on for you. Uh, Carson, appreciate your brother. Um, for anybody wondering about that, it's a joke. So don't worry about it. You don't have to correct us. We, we already know, um, up the wolves, uh, 499 till said he wanted to win the title next year. Has he got a shot? I think middleweight is a cluster below Izzy. Um, hang on. Izzy and can't see anyone beating him right now. I don't see anyone beating uh, Izzy right now either. I'm I'm exactly there with you. I'm tracking with you. I don't think that right now, as we're seeing in Darren Till's current form, he's gonna probably have to make some adjustments based off the um, the Whitaker fight, which I thought you know I mean he almost finished Whitaker at one point. So I mean it, it's not like he had a bad performance. I think he had a good performance. I think he showed up on the night and tried to do his best uh job there but it just wasn't quite enough and right now i'm not convinced that he's up against somebody like a jared cannoneer who can also bang and then take you down and control you i'm not convinced that that he's gonna win against those guys and we'll have to see it you know um i know he's got a lot of support coming out of the the uk and Time will tell on that. But right now, I'm not seeing him fighting for a title anytime soon. There's going to need to be some some big improvements. He's going to need to make some Charles Oliveira type kind of improvements that show like, oh, maybe he is actually able to do some things on the ground, at least fend it off uh, to such an extent that it doesn't matter anymore. Um, I mean, Whitaker took him down, for instance, you know. So we'd have to see. I want him to do well. I like Darren Till a lot. Well, didn't Darren Till and Marvin Vittori basically just agree to a fight? Um, I know that there were some call-outs on Twitter. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a for-sure deal uh, yet, but I did see that, yeah. Does anybody know if that's um, a confirmed thing yet or not? I can look it up, too. Um, so moving that on, I'll look into that while um, while we answer this question. What Hamzad has is something no other fighter has that is mystique. The mysteriousness... Jesus Christ, why can't I condense this window down? The mysteriousness can take you a long way these days, says Paul Gutierrez. That's kind of an interesting take. Where <laughs> are we measuring his mysteriousness? I honestly, um, I don't know if I could relate to that one. That's a bit uh frou frou for me. What do you think about that one? I just think he's uh I don't think mysteriousness matters. Well, i if maybe he's talking about mysterious, like he just came out of nowhere. We don't really know anything about him, and he just fucked up everyone he fought i get kind of what you mean with the mysterious what i like about him is i feel like there's nothing more important to him than fighting like he seems like a dude like that video of him sitting at fight island with the coconut and he's just like i smash people and drink coconut that's all i need brother like dude i think that's all that dude cares about fighting bro he takes all this shit super serious um he is a bit of a mystery though he's a mysterious man you know <laughs> only three fights in the ufc and here here he is bro fight number three so i don't know i kind of get what what dude's saying 
Here he is, bro. I mean, he definitely is mysterious. There's no doubt about that. Um, all right, so who is the most complete fighter in the UFC? Bobby Knuckles for me, says NKS. What do He's you there. think of Adesanya? Ace fighter, but obnoxious attitude out of the ring. Oh, interesting. The most complete fighter that I would say right now, I mean. Hey, wait, real quick. While you answer this, I'm kicking my dog out of the room. She's going to mess something up. So answer <laughs> that. I'll be right back. It's all good. <laughs> Get out of here, you stupid dog. The most complete fighter. Um, I mean, we just got done talking about Oliveira, who has the stand-up striking. He can knock people out. He can also get the finishes there. We've got um, Gilbert Burns, who's the same way. Uh, we, we have seen, at least with Usman against non-strikers, he has finished people in the past. I'm thinking somebody that can really put it together. Whitaker, I don't know. So Whitaker is really... You know, despite being a brown belt, he's really highly touted for his BJJ. But we haven't really seen it in the cage. Yes, he did take down Darren Till, but he didn't go all the way with it. You know, it's not like he he took him down and threatened crazy strikes or submissions uh, from the top. We didn't really see that. I don't know if I can make that case for Whitaker right now. I think we can make the case that he's an incredibly well-rounded guy, but is he the most well-rounded in the UFC and the most complete fighter? I don't know. Um, and as it relates to you know what you said about Israel Adesanya, I think he's fantastic inside the cage, and I like his attitude outside of the cage. Everywhere except when it comes to calling out John Jones's dead mother. And I didn't like the fact that he humped a guy that he just knocked out. Uh, I'm not cool with sexual harassment inside the cage. Yes, they sign up for fighting, but they sign up for that. There's a contract for that. Yes, they talk a lot of shit, but they sign a contract that says they'll do press conferences. I'm not on board with that. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care if it's two women doing it. I don't care if it's two dudes doing it. Uh... I don't care who's doing it. I don't think anybody should be humped against their will inside the cage. I mean, are we joking? Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Totally against that. But I'm a massive fan of him otherwise. I just think that the 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 issue that Israel Adesanya has is sometimes he just doesn't have a filter. The 9-11 joke, all that stuff. I don't think he knew what he was saying when he said it. I give him yeah. the credit there. I don't think he actually <laughs> knew he was saying something that offensive or else he wouldn't have said it. So, like, I give Israel Adesanya a lot of slack. Um, I'm a fan of him. I like Israel Adesanya. Um, he's one of my favorite champions right now. He's probably going to be the legacy champion that we see out of everyone right now that goes the longest if I were to make a judgment call. Of course, he's going up to light heavyweight as well. We don't know when he'll come back down to middleweight. The Jan Blahovich fight is going to be spectacular, and I see him winning that too, you know? So, yeah. Any thoughts on any of that, Mac? Well, going back to the most well-rounded fighter, uh, even without homie calling out Rob, when any when when anyone ever asks me that type of question, I always think of Rob Whitaker as well. Interestingly, really, enough. and I think if he used, because I get what you're saying, if he used the ground more, I think you know it would be a lock. But uh, we've seen he can handle himself on the ground. I mean, even with Yoel shooting on him, dude, you yeah. know, so. I've always, for whatever reason, when I think of well-rounded fighters, he is the first one that comes to mind, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, that's my vote. That would, that would honestly get my vote. And we could probably come up with someone right now. Well, well what about this guy? Yeah. Uh, my suggestions dude, were like the, uh, the Oliveras, the Gilbert Burns of the world, mm -hmm. the ones that like right now we're seeing 
not only knock you out, but also finish you on the ground. Well, I haven't seen that like from 50, Whitaker. 50-50. Yeah, where yeah. Whitaker really only uses wrestling to get up or, you know, deny it. Yeah, where, and, and he took down I mean, Till he, for a couple minutes, but he didn't yeah. really do anything with it. I, that's the thing. Like, I don't see him as a threat on the ground to anyone right now. Like, I'm not saying he couldn't have controlled Darren Till for more of that fight and just chose to strike. I think that is a big part of it. But when he did take him down, what happened there? Yeah, well, Dil- Till was able to get up, right? How long did it take? Yeah, I mean, it was about two minutes. You know, he yeah. could have tried to take him down. He could have done the Colby special of just, like, smother you, take you down, smother you, take you down. Almost let you get back up to tire yourself out mm-hmm. type kind of thing. That's what Colby did against Robbie Lawler yeah. to a masterful effect. Um, so he could have done that, uh, but he chose not to. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when Whitaker starts finishing people on the ground and starts becoming, like, a real threat whenever we do see him there, I just haven't seen it yet. And I'm not saying you, know, you can't. We just haven't seen it. You kind of you're kind of swaying me now. I, I'm thinking, okay, it for me, it's like between Oliveira, Burns, and uh, and Robbie. Because like you said, you know, with Oliveira now, we've seen him knock people out now, and he's got so it's like a full circle where striking's up here, ground games down here. <laughs> you got uh, Rob Whitaker's like a candy corn bro up top's got striking, and you know only uses defensive wrestling for the most part but there dude they're all super you know super well-rounded yeah absolutely in, in a year we might be saying it's chimayov bro yeah we might be you never know there's a temptation to say that because he's knocking out people with one punch and then mm-hmm. he's dominating people on the ground to the extent that they throw one punch in an entire fight you know but of course we're outside of the top 15 ranks um you know, especially at welterweight with uh, Reeves McKee. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen there? Um, Chris Bade says CM Punk is the most well-rounded fighter. Seriously, though, actually, everyone throw this out in the comments. Who is your lock for the most well-rounded fighter in the UFC right now? That's a really tough one. Uh, I struggle with that. There are guys like, um, you know, we're working on a prospect list. I was writing that until like 2 a.m. last night, no joke. Uh, like Sean Brady is an up-and-comer who... You know, I would outline as somebody who can do it anywhere. He can wrestle mm-hmm. you. He's He's got Muay Thai, so he can finish you on the feet. And he's done that all throughout, you know, Cage Fury fighting championships. And he's starting to do that in the UFC now. I mean, he's had some tough fights in the UFC. Uh, John Jones is what Joey yeah. Smith says. I mean, that's a, that's a huge one you have to put there. Tito Ortiz says Chase Hooper. <laughs> Figgy. Figgy's a great one. Figgy can mm-hmm. finish you on the ground. He can absolutely finish you on the feet. Shevchenko's great. Um, Gilbert Burns, Connor or Izzy says David M. No, <laughs> I think yeah, that's Chef a joke. Chevy's got to be Chevy is up top for me. Too. Yes. Um, yeah. Brandon Moreno. Uh, I don't know about Brandon Moreno. I mean, I think he can finish it there, but I don't. I just don't see him as the killer that Figgy is on the. I think he's got the heart. I think that's the thing that makes up for it all. He might not have the one punch KO power that Figgy has, but he has the ability to take a punch and outlast people. Um, and so that's what I think works to his favor. Ortega is a really Stipe great is. one. Ortega is awesome. Has anyone said Stipe? I know he doesn't grapple much, but dude can look what he got dropped by fucking Overeem. Yeah, flips true. it around, knocked his ass out on the ground. Stipe so, belongs and Overeem on has shown lately that Overeem, Overeem can grapple. I don't know, bro. There's, there's so many good ones, man. There's a People lot are saying Poirier. Ones. Poirier actually is pretty uh-huh. great. I mean, he locked up 
uh, you know, it, it didn't end up being the best guillotine that he had, and he talked about that in the post-fight press conference where he wished he would have switched to full guard. He was in half guard when he did that on Habib. He wished he mm-hmm. would have switched over and felt he could have got the submission if that was the case. But it does show that he's a threat there, and he also took down Joe Duffy when everybody was talking about Joe Duffy being like, oh, this guy beat Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor was still on top at the time. Everybody was just like, this guy, uh, he, he could be the next big thing at the, you know at lightweight and – Poirier just controlled the dude. So super, super well-rounded. I think that's a good point. Zabit is an amazing, amazing choice. Uh, I do think Ortega is really great. <laughs> ben Askren. Oh, God. I'm not even going to start getting into Ooh, that stuff. Blake B says Korean zombie. Hey. Oh. There's a good shout. That's a – I like that one. Yeah, he can See, knock dude, you that, out. Now I feel stupid. I was all sitting here. Yeah, Robert Whitaker and all of it. There are so fucking many, dude. <clears throat> there are so many. You get hit with a um, – there's almost like a stream blindness where, like, mm-hmm. when you're on stream, it's almost like, oh, I got to think of something on the spot while people are watching. Sometimes that can be a little weird. But um, let's move it on then. Nice feedback from you guys. Gave us some really great names there. Nunez was another great one. Although, uh, you know, when you see her against a real elite striker like GDR, mm-hmm. she did she did struggle it, there. Mm-hmm. It became grapple only mm-hmm. right away. Um, but she did look good against Shevchenko, who she does have a size advantage over. So there's that. Even though people thought, you know, Shevchenko might have won that. I know there was a split crowd but on that one. I thought Nunes red won. For my punches. It's one of my favorite <laughs> Octagon interviews. Dude. Look at her face. It's rose from my punches. She yeah, she was not having that, dude. Dude, I think that's that could happen. The third fight could happen in 2021 for sure. But anyhow, let's move it over. Uh, we got a bunch of super chats coming in. Dixon Cider. <laughs> Ooh, what up, up Dixon Cider? We know this name by now, and we just accept the uh, the double entendre, the the joke, the pun. Um, I got Hooker getting the W. Good with feints, and three rounds will lean more towards Hooker. Also, Askren is an underdog in the Jake Paul boxing bout. Uh, well, so yeah, for for Dixon, I get your point here. Um, for I mean, I'm definitely super biased on this one. You know, with Michael Chandler, and you know him, you know, working with us, but. You know, I kind of see your point, you know. Um, the thing about Hooker that I think is going to be a massive problem for Chandler is Hooker's just so tall. He's mm-hmm. so long. He's so rangy. He's kind of like John Jones in his division, especially when you look at the size difference between them two. I mean, you're literally looking at a size difference akin to John Jones and Daniel Cormier. His elbows can land where Daniel Cormier's punches are landing, where they're just in range to land. He's going to have a crazy reach advantage, crazy kicking advantage, and he's going to be able to keep on the end of his punches, and it's going to be a real struggle for, I think, Michael Chandler to get on the inside. The thing about yeah. Michael Chandler is he is not afraid to blitz you. He is not afraid to ride or die going on the inside and just go for something fucking crazy. So um, I think it's I'm a fantastic it right fight. It's going to be a banger. That fight's going to be a banger. What you got? This this is the fight I wanted to see. Yeah. But, you know, like you were saying, Hooker is this super tall, lanky dude. And then Chandler's not the tallest lightweight by any means. No. I mean, what is he, like 5'9", I think? 5'8". 5'8", so yeah, even shorter. So he's going to have to blitz in, like you were saying, and I, I know he has the heart to do it. So what I'm going to be looking for, I want Chandler to win. I mean, I'm American, bro. I'm going to go for, <laughs> I'm gonna go for our boys. But... I can just see it in my head right now. He's struggling on the outside to get in, you know, land any punches, shoots for a double, and that knee's going to be there for Hooker. Hooker is good at using that fucker. So, and I'm sure Chandler knows this, you know, obviously watch out for that fucking knee. But in my head, I'm just seeing, 
I'm just I can I can see it, dude. I can see it. You know, he just shoots in on something and and Hooker hurt, hurts him with a knee. Mm. Um, but I want Chandler to win. I mean, Chandler can get him down. Have we seen anyone take down and hold down Hooker? If they if we have, it hasn't been for a long time. Man, I think there was only brief moments where um, Hooker and Poirier went to the ground. Felder didn't try to take him down. Let's actually go over to... Um, let's take a look at, at that, because I'm trying to remember. He fought Gilbert Burns and knocked him out. Straight up knocked out Gilbert yep. Burns cold. With a so, left hook. Yeah, um, I do think that that was a little bit earlier in Gilbert Burns striking, and obviously I think we're looking at yes. a better version of Gilbert Burns now than back then. But it does show that he can fend off takedowns and just you know K people, KO people the fuck cold, you know. James yeah. Vick tried to go with him on the feet. Jim Miller, it's a little bit later for Jim Miller. Uh, Mark Jacasey, that was a great one. Ross mm-hmm. Pearson, that's a stand-up fighter. Jason Knight, I would have to rewatch that one. I'm pretty sure Jason Knight was able to get him to the canvas. Uh, Jason Knight tends to, yes, he'll be a brawler. I mean, he literally fought in bare knuckle. Um, but the man, the man is not afraid to take it to the ground and bite the shit out of you either. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that <laughs> happened. That actually happened once. Um, let's see, Yair, yeah, Yair was another loss that he had, but that would have been on the feet. Um, Maximo Blanco, he might have took him down. Tell me if we're missing anything here. I think Jason Knight was able to get him down for significant portions of the fight, and I think that was a big part of his game in that one. So it can absolutely happen. Um, and what is Jason Knight's uh, height? Five uh, ten. So he's he's a good bit taller than uh, um, Chandler for sure. He should have a bit more natural gifts that would help him with that. Of course, Dan Hooker's six feet tall. I mean, he's. That's, you know, Nate Diaz's height. Nate Diaz is famously lanky, really long arms, and really tall for the division. Not nearly as tall, though, as your man James Vick. James Vick was, what, 6'3"? Yeah, 6'3". Unreal height for that division. Just ridiculously tall. Didn't really work out for him, though. But anyhow, um, yeah, really good points brought up there, guys. Um, Let's see. Let's move it on. Uh, What's the bigger story from uh, Font Mirai? Font getting the stoppage in the first, or Marlon KO'd the second time in three months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I was watching Luke Thomas talk about this, he was talking about how it seems like the the thing that got decoded going all the way back to the, um, the Cejudo fight last summer, he kind of decoded him by just going after him. <laughs> he's just left the stream. I think he's having problems with his dog again. Let's just take a look at that camera right now. I think the thing that happened there is he figured out the pressure style that Marlon Mirai doesn't respond to an intense amount of pressure. And that's what we saw in the Sandhagen fight most recently. And that's what we're seeing now again in his last fight with Rob Font is that you pressure this guy and you really put it on him. He struggles with that pressure. And I think that's a fair point to make. And uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe the case is a little bit of 50-50 here. Rob Font, I mean, was just so confident, so impressive in his strategy here. And I think it worked out for him because he had the right game plan. So you have to give him credit for that. But I also do think a little bit of Marlon has been decoded. You know, you put the pressure on him and he has a hard time standing up to that. And he kind of wilts under that. He's used to being the bully. He's used to being the bully. Some people are so used to being the hammer, not the nail, that when it's flipped over, it's like 
you know, Kevin Randleman versus Randy Couture getting taken down back in the day, and Kevin Randleman just got absolutely dominated by Randy Couture. It's in you know old as MMA type kind of thing. So I think the big thing is to see if Marlon can make that adjustment. I think you bring up a good point though, really good point. So that's from Nathan Andrews asking, "What was the bigger story there? What do you think? What's the bigger story here? Font being able to get the win here, or Marlon Murai getting finished two times in recent months?" Getting stopped on the feet. Well, I'd say they're pretty equal. I mean, um, Font is no joke. I mean, he's never. We all know he has hands. I wonder how much damage you know Cejudo did to him because, like you were saying, he's always used to being Marais is always used to being the hammer, not the nail. Mm. And I, I remember watching that fight and like when Cejudo would get him in that clinch, just start dropping uppercuts, and it got to the point Marais wasn't even blocking him. Yeah, I, it blew my mind. Like I was like, what the. Has he overwhelmed him so bad he won't even defend himself at this point? You know, and then we've seen some, you know, odd performances from here, uh, well, since then. But uh, I'd give more credit to, credit to Font, honestly. Yeah. Then I would say, you know, well, Marais isn't Marais anymore. I think that's a safe call. Um, that's probably the better thing to do is just give it to the man who actually won and did the work on the night. I mean, I, I do think part of it is being decoded that there's so much tape on him now where for a while he was this guy coming from WSOF, now PFL, and people didn't know him as well, and they should have. They absolutely should have. I mean, so did Gaethje come from there. I think it was kind of a similar case. And uh, then people figured him out. Like, Gaethje got figured out after his first couple fights. I mean, he got figured out by Alvarez. He got figured out by Poirier, and then he had to change his style. And I think Marlon is hitting the same kind of crossroads right now. Um, Let's see. Death Deliverer. <laughs> I love that name. Do you think Holloway was robbed? I had Volk 3-2. What do you think on that one? What you got? Uh, Rob, okay, people use the word rob way too much, first of all. I think it's just one of the most overused terms in MMA. And uh, no, I don't think it was a robbery at all. I just think it was a super close fight. I personally had Max Holloway. And again, I'm going for my American boys, so I'm going for Max Um <laughs> That fight I had for Max, though, not a robbery. I mean, it needs to be... You know what was a robbery? The first time UFC came to Albuquerque, me and my boys went, bro. We sit there and we watched Diego Sanchez versus Ross Pearson. And Ross Pearson whooped his ass, dude. Like, it wasn't even... Diego did nothing. And Mm -hmm. they still... They gave him the fight. They gave Diego the fight. That is a robbery, dude. And you better... Dude... All of us in the in the stadium. Diego's there. got a couple of those. We took it, bro. We loved it, though. Hey, fuck it. Our boy won, even though it was a daylight robbery. You know, like, the judges might have had a 12-gauge under the desk, dude. It was a robbery. Um, <laughs> so, no, it was just a close It was a close decision is what I would call it. it. Robberies are very rare, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I kind of see it like the, uh, the Reyes fight with John Jones. Um, I can uh-huh. see how somebody gave Jones the third round. I personally gave it to Reyes. What it came down to was the third, fourth, and fifth in that fight, and which way did you score that third round in particular? And, I mean, I see it the same way. I scored the fight for Max Holloway, so I thought Max Holloway beat Volkanovski, and I think he, you know, is the de facto champion, and I thought Reyes was the de facto champion going into the Jan Blahovich fight. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you that i mean i guess we were on the opposite side of that decision but i agree with you that sometimes you feel someone won but just i mean that's a great example you thought volk won i thought he lost 
And if there are enough people that are on both sides here, can you really call it a robbery? You know, if everybody thinks <clears throat> somebody lost, then I think we've got a point here. Then I think, okay, it's, it's almost like unanimous. But if there are that many people disputing it that are on both sides of it, then it's really hard to make a case that it's an actual straight-up robbery. Like one would be Matt Hamill versus Michael Bisbing, to show an example. You mentioned Diego Sanchez. Martin Campman. Martin Campman pieced him the fuck up in that fight. And uh, somehow Diego got the nod. That was another robbery that I would consider. So I think robberies do exist, but exactly like what you said, they're few and far between. They don't happen as often as we think they are. I think the problem is when there are close fights in MMA, people get so behind their guy that they really want to shout robbery. Um, and I don't mm -hmm. think that should be the case uh, as often as people claim it is. So I think it was a bad decision from my perspective, but I wouldn't call it a robbery. That's yeah. what I would say. And I happen to disagree with you. I thought Holloway won. So clearly Def Deliver, you don't think that it was a robbery because you had Volk winning. So there you go. NKS432 is the better elite striker. Adesanya or Wonderboy, does Tony have championship prospects at 155? Well, as far as the striking, uh, what do you say? Who's the more elite striker? More elite, in your opinion. Okay. I might get into some hot take waters here. I, That's a I difficult think one. Israel Adesanya is the better striker. I think he's more athletic than Wonderboy. I think he has more killer instinct. And I think, um, you know, his kickboxing record shows like, fuck, that dude was... And he's got more weapons, too. The thing with Wonderboy, I'm not saying either one's necessarily better. I think Israel's the more gifted striker, though, for real. I mean, with Wonderboy, he really relies on technique, you know, game plan, and catching you fucking up. Where mm. Izzy can make you fuck up, I think, you know. And he, he yeah. sometimes doesn't even need that. He'll just fucking knock you out. Where Wonderboy really has to play his game plan and play very smart. Uh, so it's kind of like two different things, but bottom line, I'd say Israel Adesanya is the more elite kickboxer or striker. Um, and, you know, Wonderboy's not off. It's just two different styles. I mean, we don't see, you don't see Izzy dancing around like Wonderboy. I mean, he does move very well, obviously, but dude, Wonderboy is all movement. You know, one, two's down the pipe. You fuck up, he might hit you in the body with a spinning heel kick, something like that. Mm. You know, um, I, I just, I think Izzy's the better striker overall. I, um, you know, obviously I'm biased towards uh, Thompson in a lot of ways, but I, I think I have to agree with you even then. Just because, you know, I think the point karate background obviously served him incredibly well. I mean, Wonder Boy is just a phenom of talent. He's incredibly, incredibly sharp, incredibly fast, darting in and out, moving out of the way. I mean, how many times did he make Jeff Neal miss on Saturday night? So many times. But the thing about coming from a kickboxing background that I tend to give a little bit more credence to is anytime money's involved, like think of like even the most ridiculous things, you know, like once you throw money on it, how much better does it get? I mean, people throw like a thousand dollars on an RC, you know, race car building contest. And all of a sudden people are spending $10,000 just to win that thousand dollars. It like matters so much. You know what I mean? It doesn't even make sense sometimes, but it's like, once you throw in like the glory background and fighting for world championship titles, and obviously he never actually won the title, Alex Pereira, my God, is that dude, he's on the way. He's fighting right now in LFA. LFA is a well-known feeder league to the UFC. He, Did he fight there, Titan? That, 
I need to double uh, check on that. I think it, it was, was LFA. It was LFA, dude, because we were watching it on Twitch. We remember? watched it on a, a stream, yeah. And he murdered him, bro. Yeah, so... Like, I, I played, like, three rounds of UFC 4, and he was still out. <laughs> yeah, dude, it he was, was out for, like, it eight was... minutes. Fuck. Um, yeah, that was LFA 95, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't Titan because uh, it was definitely a big feeder leak to the UFC. So he's coming to the UFC, by the way. Alex Pereira... Oh, uh, like you could send him to the UFC now. You could make the case mm -hmm. for it just on his his power. He's training with Glover Teixeira at Glover Teixeira's gym, so he's he's learning the ground game to a large extent. I don't know. Actually, hey, does Brad. it list him as having any kind of belt, any kind of black belt and or, or brown belt or anything like that in BJJ? Nothing I'm not more. seeing it. But you're making me think of Gokan Saki, dude. Gokan Saki was what one and O or O and O when yeah. he debuted in the UFC. So yeah. like you just said, Perea could absolutely they could they could bring him on. Fuck it. Yeah, keep an eye out for that, dude. But to answer the question, you know, that you had about Wonder Boy versus him, I just think that the level of competition, if you compare the level of competition from their backgrounds, going from yeah. glory and everything else that, you know, Izzy did and, you know, like on the Chinese circuit, like which has a rich, rich, rich history, obviously martial arts in general, not to mention kickboxing. That's, you know, something that's really come along and working with so many different camps out of New Zealand. City kickboxing is just about as elite as it gets in terms of striking. I don't know that I could say that Wonderboy has that rich history behind him. And, no. you know, I'm, I would probably want him to win more because I've met the guy and he's super cool and he was incredibly, incredibly nice to me. So I probably want him to win more, but I have to put that aside and be as objective as possible. I think that, you know, the striking coming out of the kickboxing world is a bit higher than it is in the point karate world. And oh, I think sure. we're seeing that on display in the UFC. Has he fought, though? You know, here's the thing. You know, we haven't really seen Adesanya up against the level of wrestling competition that Thompson was up against. D1-level wrestler in Woodley who could also spark you. And he did that to Darren Till. He did that to Stephen Thompson. He did that to everybody until Usman finally got a hold of him and, and took him down. You haven't really seen that in the middleweight division to the same extent as what we're seeing right now that Thompson's had to face at welterweight. Who would even come into that category? You know, um, Jared Cannonier obviously does have a wrestling background, but not to the same extent, not to the same level, not to the same, uh, you know, credentialed level that we've seen at welterweight. I, the best he's fought, I think, is Derek Brunson in terms of wrestling. So what does it look like when we get a powerhouse D1 or even D2 in the case of Usman um, up against an Adesanya? That's what I think the Adesanya versus Jones fight looks so interesting because Jones, mm -hmm. yes, he didn't go to that level, but we know how good his wrestling is to take down an Olympian and Daniel Cormier. Yeah, he took him down a couple times. Um, and then he also has the reach over him. That's why that fight is so interesting on so many different levels. So what does it look like when we start seeing him up against wrestlers? And that's the case to make for Thompson. And those are his only losses, you know, outside of the Pettis loss, which was, I mean, devastating as devastating gets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to see it. We'll have to see it. Well, you know, I, Izzy's shown some creativeness on the ground and shown that he can – like, what did he almost catch um... – uh, Kelvin in was it a triangle or a guillotine? It was a triangle. Like, yeah, he like Off slapped on a triangle, and it looked legit there yeah. for a minute. You know, um, so maybe he's got some skills, bro. He's, maybe he's got some skills, but you know, like Brunson, I don't remember if he even tried to take him down. Brunson, Brunson shown, tried. Look what he, 
Yeah. Because you remember and when then, it when he tr- tried to take him down, he flipped him off after, like, because oh, uh, mm-hmm. it was alleged that he did something illegal there. I can't remember what he was saying that Derek Brunson did, but he flipped the him off twist. after. Yeah. Dick twist. Is that what he yeah. said he did? <laughs> no, but probably grabbing his shorts or something. I can't remember. Yeah. I, yeah, it was grabbing on. It was pulling on his shorts. That's what it was. And so he flipped him off when he got off the cage. Derek Brunson had nothing for him in the takedown arena. Um, so yeah. Um, moving it on. Uh, so Mosh, uh, Manash, uh, gave us $20 in his currency. I'm not sure what that is. Michael Horwitz, Jason, this is for you. Since you dodged the question earlier, what do you think of the audacity that is Askren versus Paul? Also, also shout out to Jose Perez. Um, dude, I don't really care that much. Jason hates this shit. I do hate it. Like I made a tweet yesterday that was like me normally. I wish more people watch combat sports. Me when I see stuff like that, I'm right there with Meryl Streep saying mixed martial arts is not the arts. I, uh, of course, I'm joking when I say that, but like, I'm just not a fan of this crazy freak show stuff. Um, I mean, I think Ben Ashkin has a chance to to win it. Uh, obviously. I think we are giving a little bit too much credit to Jake Paul for knocking out a basketball player yeah. who probably just thought his athleticism would carry him in the fight and it obviously sure. didn't. So I think there's a bit of that. And I do think Ben Askren actually does have a chance there. Um, but I mean, he could just as easily get knocked out. I mean, he looked really bad against Maya. If anybody that could get finished in MMA, that is a big name. It would be Ben Askren. I mean, I would even give Maya a better chance if he fought in a boxing yeah. match against Jake Paul, I would even give him a better shot. And that's probably, that's why that fight was so interesting at the time is what do these two horrible strikers look like against each other? And they tried striking and it looked horrible. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm saying this with uh, my full armchair on, you know, like I'm sitting uh, down, you know, I'm not training and fighting against these guys, but we're talking on a, on a professional level, you know, they didn't look good. That's just the fact of the matter. Does Jake Paul have a chance against that? Yes, he does. But I don't give a fuck. I'm going to watch the highlights on Twitter. I'm not paying Jake Paul a dime. I'm not giving that dude any of my money. I just hate it so much because I feel like Ben is not going to be able to pull it off. And then it's going to – you're just going to have all, it's gonna look these, bad. all these fucking Jake Paul fans, like 12-year-old dudes telling you, <laughs> yeah, man, fucking Jake Paul, he just fucked up one of you guys' best fighters, bro. Like, no, bro, that dude is most famous for getting kneed in the head from Jorge Masvidal. Like, let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves here, okay? Yeah. I like Ben Askren, I do. And he's prided himself throughout his career for basically saying, I don't even need the striking bullshit. Yeah. Check this out. Like, he, he's made that, like, part of his thing. Like, I don't even need to, you know, fuck that. I don't even need to train striking. So, yikes, dude. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I have to say. I wish it would have been Bisping, bro. Take the one-eyed commentator. Do that. Let's see that. Dude, this thing would fuck his him ass. It, yeah, so it's uh, cherry picking. You know, they they cherry picked this fucking dude. Oh, dude, you remember? You know, this pops up on Twitter all the time. The video of him doing the pre-fight striking. Mm-hmm. It's like he, dude. It's like Ronda Rousey levels of. Oh. oh God, dude, God. Oh, he's gonna lose, and I'm gonna. Oh no. <laughs> I'm I'm. I don't like it, bro. I don't fucking like it. I don't like it at all. But I'll watch. You know I'll watch. I'm a degenerate motherfucker. I'm going to watch it, bro. I think a lot of people will watch. I I recognize I'm in, like, the the staunch, maybe stubborn crowd there. It's just, I'm just not there for that fight, man. I just don't really give a fuck about it. Jake Miller, is Burns ballooning up between fights an issue? 
Um, a lot of fighters do that. Um, somebody who's known for that is Paulo Costa. Um, you know, he's known for ballooning up. Yoel was known for that. Uh, so many fighters have really done that. I mean, we're even seeing that at heavyweight now where guys are having to cut weight. And Greg Hardy's not a great example, but, you know, he's still able to cut down and get to the weight. Um, yeah. We know Habib is cutting down from around 190, 195. Uh, Wonder Boy was talking about a lot of different fighters. Like even Michael Chiesa walks around at like 210 pounds, he said in our interview. 210 yeah. pounds. That's a 40-pound weight cut. So I don't think it's a... I don't think it's an issue because I think a lot of fighters do it. It's more prevalent. I mean, I think it's an issue as a sport, you know, to have all these fighters just doing these ridiculous life-threatening weight cuts. I think it's ridiculous on that level, 100%. But uh, I don't think it's unusual. Well, just on this fight card the other day, dude, we saw in Chukwe fight at middleweight. <laughs> Jesus he Christ. He said... Chukwe. Chukwe. In Chukwe. Okay. He... I'll say this right now. Uh, Mac gets a lot of names wrong, and I have to preface this for people. He gets a lot of names wrong, but he watches more MMA than I do. That's the truth. He watches more yeah. MMA. He's just terrible with names. He's like a mom. Yeah, but I'm go fucking ahead. terrible. Um, <laughs> worse than a mom. But yeah, he said he blew back up from 185, so he made weight 186. He weighed 225 when he got in the cage the next day. Mm. Have, have you ever even heard of that? 40 pounds? Um, they were saying that that's uh, around what it was looking like for um, Yoel and Costa. But even then, oh, like, because they weighed them. them the next day, they weighed 215, mm -hmm. but that was before the fight. That the, was a couple hours got before the fight. 10 hours, yeah. Yeah, who, who knows what that was actually looking like when they really stepped into the cage. That's what I like about California, uh, their state athletic commission. They literally do stuff like that. They check you before and after, and I think it's pretty amazing. Um, so no, I don't think it's an issue. I think, I mean, yes, it speaks to the larger issue of weight cutting, but in comparison to his peers, I think it's normal. Um, Bernie on PCN 1080p. Okay. That's a crazy name. Uh, if Nate goes to 155 again, how would he do? Um, I you were talking Nate's about overrated. hot takes earlier. Yeah, I think, I mean, his best days are probably behind him. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just the truth, taking all this time off. I think he got pieced up in the, you know, Masvidal fight. I don't think he was going to mm -hmm. come back in that fight. I think he was going to lose that fight. And I like Nate Diaz. I like Nick Diaz. I like yeah. the Diaz brothers. I think they're amazing. I love their style, and I love how they just always go for it, whether it's on the ground. I mean, we're talking about well-rounded people. Talk about well-rounded incredible yeah. jiu-jitsu skills incredible stand-up skills uh, incredible cardio super super well-rounded but i mean he lost the championship against benson henderson way back in the day wasn't even close and he lost to rda uh before rda got the title anytime he's gotten close to a title he's been you know pretty much stamped out outside of the one time he did get there and when he did fight for the title benson henderson shut the show down it wasn't even close so i think that he's great i think he's fantastic and i think he obviously he fought for a title that shows you that he was an elite at one time but trying to to put him against the best now 155 yeah. i mean do you think he does well against Oliver? no do you think he does yeah. well against tabib no does he do well against connor who's in the top five sure does he do well against tony ferguson he might actually do well there um, Dustin Poirier, I think, would piece him up. So maybe maybe he could be right around that top five level. Maybe we could put him there. But is he going to fight for a title again at 155 if he goes back down? No, that's my answer. Nope. Nope. 
Yeah, I've always felt like he's just, you know, he's got one of those fan bases, bro. They're just die hard, bro. Die and hard. I respect it. But, uh, but yeah, no. I think the best thing to do with Nate is uh, big fights. You know, like. Yeah, big really, fights. You know, Connor, Connor Fun 3, fights. you know, or Jorge to redo that one or some shit like that. Or fuck it, dude. Give us a Wonder Boy versus fucking uh, uh, Diaz for uh, the, you know, BMF 2 belt. You know, bro, that's act- I actually don't hate that fight. I don't ever see it happening. I don't hate that fight. Well, there you go. Um, Nakul Yadav uh, gives us 40 in his currency. Cruz versus Kenny. Um, do or die for Cruz. Actually, Casey Kenny is one of the people that uh, everyone's been talking about as a big, big prospect in the division at Bantamweight. So you're talking about Casey Kenny, of course. Mm-hmm. Casey Kenny, he's had a, a pretty great year. Of course, he got beat by Marab Dewalish-Willie. So there is that other side to it. I would take Cruz in this fight, although Kenny, I think, can definitely do it. I mean, he out-wrestled Ray Borg when he fought, and he went up a weight class to do that. Because um, I think he was fighting at 125 at the time, and now he's back at Bantamweight. I'm trying to remember. Uh, actually, I think he, I think he's always been Bantamweight, and it was Ray Borg that went up. Because obviously Ray Borg fought for the title at 125. So I think I actually had that backwards. But still, Casey Kenny is a super well-rounded guy great wrestling he's great he's got great stand-up but i think cruz is just going to be a little bit better a little bit faster and he's also a wrestler himself he's fought at a higher caliber i don't think it's do or die for cruz i think it's a prospect to watch is what i think it is yeah yeah walmart dillashaw is is legit dude he's been impressed <laughs> to tell me he doesn't look like dude he does he looks dead no ass, way like dude he, Oh, dude. Everyone no in the chat will agree with me. That's Walmart Dillashaw, bro. Casey Kinney. Back me up, guys. Yeah, chat, uh, you tell us. Does he look like him? Um, Shout out to Howard Turan. Cruz hasn't fought a three-round fight in a long time. Yeah. Cater absolutely has the best boxing in the UFC, says Jay Tivo. Um, oh, so that's what uh, Samash Minaj, uh, he gave us $40 in his currency. He said, you think Calvin Cater has the best box in the UFC? No. Mm. I, Maybe he does, but go. I think he's got I a lot of contenders. So. Poirier is oh, a big yeah. one for me. I think Poirier's got incredible boxing. Obviously, Conor McGregor, whatever you want to say about him, I think yes. he's got great boxing. He just gasses. That's his issue. But Jorge's uh, got nasty boxing. Jorge's got great boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Calvin Cater has got uh, top level boxing. Maybe a leap, but maybe not. If the I made best a, if in the I made a list of ten, he'd he'd end up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. agree with that. People are saying Poirier, no. Poirier has one of the best jabs. Like, the way he mixes it up, too, when you watch him, uh, the way he just mixes up his, like, specifically, he sticks to his, like, rather than leg kicking and head kicking and body kicking, he sticks to his punches quite often. And he mm-hmm. mixes it up so, so, so well. Um, I mean, he he beat, uh, you know, Justin Gaethje. You know, he, he mm-hmm. beat... Uh, uh, Alvarez, you know, he's beaten all these guys on the feet, and the one person that got to him was Conor McGregor. But Conor McGregor has that one hitter quitter power. That's the difference that we're talking about there, and that's yeah. that's what makes their fight, their rematch, intriguing. Does Conor still have that, and can he land one of those? Presumably he does, and presumably he can. So that's what makes it interesting. I st- dude, <clears throat> we get a month off from UFC fights after twenty five straight cards. Mm. And they give us a month to sit here and starve and fiend. And they're going to give us, they're going to give us three fucking cards in eight yeah. days, dude. Oh. Incredible fights, man. Incredible fights. Mm. 
Yeah, dude, I'm so excited for the Leon Hamzat fight. And, of course, McGregor versus Poirier. They're talking about putting – that's, you know, the headline for this one was, of course, Chandler versus Hooker. They're talking about putting that on that card. You know, there's a lot of great things happening, and it's going to be really nice to come back once it's all over. Uh, NMF versus BMF2, how do you see it going, says Nakul Yadav. So we did actually address this earlier. Um I still think maybe I would give Wonder Boy the advantage, but I think that we're, we'd see a more dangerous Masvidal. And I think Masvidal, the version of him right now, is pretty reckless. But I literally went back and watched that fight. I think it was on Friday. We saw a lot of the same techniques that we see now that we've seen work for Masvidal. I think he's just a bit more aggressive and a bit more sure of himself. Like, he, he, he'll take the risk now to be able to get the finish where... He would have taken it then as well, don't get me wrong, but he's like really going for it now. But we saw that signature body kick that he kept throwing on Diaz and was hurting him to the body. Oh, dude. Yeah. Kept seeing dude. the same combinations where, you know, he rushes in the exact same combination that he knocked out uh, Darren Till. I saw that in the Wonder Boy fight. He just really went for it. I mean, he spammed it a couple times in that Darren Till second round where he ended up knocking him out. He actually, I think, I... landed that same combination on him two or three times. In that round, it was the last one where he really lunged in that finally put the lights out. So, bro, that dirty, yeah, dude. The Darren Tilkeo was insane, and then the way he was—I still can't fucking believe Nate Diaz survived that like opening flurry in their fight. I mean, he head kicked in the head. That was close to almost you know being a downed opponent. Almost, dude was bent over, ate a basically a fucking soccer kick. Yes. Oh, dude. Oh. Dude, Jorge how cool is that reaction too? Because the moment he dipped his head over, Masvidal was on it. He was Reddit, on it. Read it. Yeah. Big Said ass. Field goal. Check this out. Yeah. Sixty field yards. Goal. <laughs> Punt. Nice. Um, Nathan Andrews, who has the best chin in MMA right now? I'm torn between Moreno, Tony, Nate, and Ortega. Yeah, I mean Tony. Jesus Christ. I mean he took everything from uh, Justin Gaethje. I think that's a really strong one. Moreno obviously took all those strikes from Figgy. You could argue this is what makes the next fight so intriguing. It's been verified that he really had a stomach issue that almost got the fight pulled out on Friday night, the night before that they fought. So who knows if Figgy, when he comes back, is actually just going to be like, nope, that was just not a, a normal version of me. I suspect that he really did take his strongest punches and you know, Figgy was well enough to where his power was still there on the, the night of the fight. It might have been diminished a little bit, but... Yeah, I think he's got a great chin. You also mentioned Nate Diaz. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. He Everything was thrown at him when Josh Thompson f- finished him. Head kick after head kick. I think he landed like three head kicks on Nate Diaz, and he still didn't go out. It was still a TKO stoppage. Ortega versus Max Holloway, that's a fantastic one. And then you got to put Max Holloway in there. you got to put Max mm-hmm. Holloway. I That would actually probably be mine. Look at what Max. Poirier was doing him too, bro. Yeah. Like, that dude has he he's never been dropped has he Ooh. i don't think max has ever been he took connor's left hands when the connor was on the come up mm-hmm. didn't go down from that i max is one of my tops i i'd say he's probably my number one pick because we've seen yeah nate and tony like tony he'll survive you know sure he's got a fucking chin on him but he gets dropped a lot mm. you know and I don't think I, I honestly I don't think Max has ever been knocked down in a fight, which is just insane to think how long he's been in that cage, you know, because he's had a lot of long fights, dude, and never been dropped, you know. And then even in the Poirier fight, dude, that Poirier was kicking his ass, dude, and yeah. Holloway didn't give a fuck. He didn't give yeah. a fuck, dude. 
it was a volume versus power situation. He was lending more mm-hmm. volume, but he was getting he, he was visibly rocked a couple times. He was like wobbly, but he never actually went down. Um, I actually think maybe my vote on this, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit because he's not really active. I mean, he had like a weird boxing match like a week ago, but uh, Mark Hunt, just because mm-hmm. yes, he's been finished. But Mark Hunt was doing that at fucking heavyweight, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. he took a yes. left kick cemetery head kick from, you know, uh, Mirko Krokop back in K1 and just got right back up. Fine. Ready to go. Let's keep going. Went to a decision. Um, I think it's one thing if you're taking full body torque at 170, you're taking full body torque yes. at 145. But if you're taking full body torque for a guy who's cutting down to 265 or, you know, is even at 240 on the lighter end for heavyweight. You got Jesus a stronger Christ, chin. Christ, you got a chin. Um, so I think I'll, I'll go for, that might be the best all-time chin. A second close one to that would be, you know, Roy Nelson. Uh, guys that could just take bricks to the Dude, fucking face. When, <laughs> when they fought each other, I, I was so fucking pumped. I'm pretty sure that was in Japan, too. So it was like late at night. I stayed up all night just to watch Roy Nelson versus Mark Hunt. I was mm. like, oh, dude, this guy. Mark knocked his ass out. Yeah, he knocked him out. Oh, I, you know, I was going for the American there. I mean, Roy Nelson could be my uncle. But, yeah, he but, uh, Dude, Mark Hunt's chin is insane. And, you know, John Jones has a pretty good chin. You've yes. seen him get dropped. He got, you know, Santos cracked him. We all know that motherfucker hits. You know, Reyes hit him. It, did he ever drop him? I don't think he dropped him, but he did wobble him a couple times. He wobbled yeah, him a couple John, times. You, you got to put John on that list too. He's got a good chin. How about um, Justin Gaethje throwing get... bombs on uh, Habib? If you watched back that, you watched back the slow mo, dude. He was hitting uh, Habib with his strongest punches, and maybe they weren't, you know, uh, on the most like he wasn't fully balanced when he was throwing them. He was still backing up, mm-hmm. but he was hitting him with stuff that would have at least made someone else back up would it the very least made somebody be like oh shit i just got chin checked i need to chill out this strategy isn't working out because if he hits me again i'm gonna go out he hit him multiple times and uh habib no effect zero effect i mean he's got a big fucking head too i think there's an anatomical you know like uh (laughs) feature that's lending himself to having a great chin he's also just got a big fucking chin Um, he's got a brick head dude yeah, Great same with Mark Hunt, you know, uh, same with Roy Nelson, some of these guys that we're talking about that can just take some absolute bombs. For Max Holloway, remember- it's a mystery. I don't know how that's true of him because he's super skinny. <laughs> you, but You remember the fucking shots Roy was taking from Derek Lewis? Ooh. Dude, his head literally was doing that shit and nothing. Like uppercuts that were sending his head. Oh, Jesus, dude. I forgot about that fight. JDS Man, fight as well. JDS, like back when JDS was just slamming people, like, I mean, his first fight in the UFC, knocked out Verdum with an uppercut from hell, walks through it, guy can just take it. But anyhow, um, let's see, let's catch up. Uh, Let's see, NKS, if McGregor versus Islam happens and Islam loses, does Habib come back? What do you think of Jones versus Overeem? as a welcome fight to the heavyweight division. I kind of disagree on uh, both of these premises. I, I don't think that if McGregor beat Islam, that Habib would come back. I well, get the idea of revenging further, his best say, friend. It's like impossible for me to even imagine that fight. It'll never happen. Yeah. Like, I just, I can never see Islam fighting Connor. Uh, no, I don't. But 
I'm kind of <clears throat> with you. I, I don't know. I don't really think. What is Islam like ranked right now? So let's let's pop over to. So he's at number thirteen. Honestly, the way I see this, by the time he gets up he, to like Connor's the top five, Connor's gone. Connor's mm-hmm. out of the UFC. That's Connor's the problem gone. I would see there. I could see the premise. I get you. I get your premise. I get your argument that. You know, it's like the same thing when he flew out because Habib slapped Artem mm-hmm. in a hotel room. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go for that motherfucker. I could see the exact opposite happen if Connor starches, you know, Islam Makachev. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see by the time he makes it up, he's a couple fights away. Something always happens before he fights these days. Um, yeah. So I don't see it happening. But if it did happen, I get your premise, and it's possible. It's possible, but I just don't think it will happen. Um, and then your next part of the question was Jones versus Overeem. That's I think that he's being perfect. enticed back down. Dana White's already said his mm-hmm. number one fight for 2021, that he wants to put together is Adesanya versus <coughs> Jones, and I believe him. Yep. I think he's really trying to make that happen. So we have Adesanya if he beats Jan, which is a big if, because Jan has just been shutting everybody's lights out. Everybody thinks he's going to lose. Everybody thinks that. And then what happens? Jan just kills him. He destroyed Corey Anderson despite their first fight and how good Corey Anderson was, you know, performing in the first fight to be able to take him down and control him. Uh, Luke Rockhold, everybody thought he was going to end up challenging John Jones as the former champion. Boy, did that turn out to be a farce. Oh, that's um, one of the most brutal KOs. And then the way he just tooled Reyes. Like, he body kicked him once, and he had a massive welt underneath his arm. Just like... One kick. That's all it took. I think Jan is just, I don't know, man. Dude. He's on some Russian steroids or some shit. Of course, I'm no. joking. I don't really mean that. But it's like it's, the, the Polish power is for real. <laughs> it's for it's, fucking it's real. It's a mystic thing, bro. It's that fucking noose he prays to before each fight. Dude, it's gaining his power. <laughs> like, dude, most people probably don't know what I'm talking about. Huh? Didn't we do that in a video? You guys did that. Talked about how he goes to that place where he found that dead body. <laughs> what? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, Jan Blachowicz. Blahovich. Jesus I fixed, I saved Christ. I saved myself. Dude, he found a dead body, <laughs> a dude that like killed himself in the woods, bro. Right? Someone help me out here. This happened. He found a... So he was like training for a fight out in the oh, woods. Oh, shit. I didn't and he see finds, that. He finds a, a... I'm pretty sure a dude hanging from a tree in, on a noose. And so he calls the authorities and whatever. So now what he does before fights is he goes back to that spot and, like, meditates where he found that dead guy. Oh, no wow. shit. That's oh, where that you're right. We from. did talk about that. That was a Tommy Toehold video. It was pre-fight rituals. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Dude, wow. that's bizarre, dog. Fucking hell. That's legit shocking. Um, that's disturbing. Well, fair enough. So, yeah, so that's the big if. Can Izzy get past Jan, which I do think he can. I have him as the favorite in that fight. And then Jones comes back down for it. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think what Jones did is he played the game this year. He said, you know what? You're going to say I can't get wilder money. You're going to not pay me what I want. I'm going to fake retire. I'm going to fake a move up to heavyweight. Oh, and look what just happened. We got a super fight when I come back down. I think it's that way. And I think he also wants to fight Stipe. I think he really wants that fight. So, I mean, if they were offering that tomorrow, I'm sure he'd take it. But I do think that the Adesanya fight is taking priority right now because, I mean, they've obviously got a huge beef. I was talking about what Izzy said about Jones's dead mother, which I just think is, you know, you can't talk shit like that. There's definitely a line. Don't don't cross that one. And I think that that fight is probably going to happen in 2021. 
if somehow what are they what are they targeting for Jan versus is that March is that what they're going for I think so if they get through that one yeah I haven't seen anything concrete yeah nothing concrete him, if if Jan wins I could see Jones saying no no need he goes you know yep goes it, commits to heavyweight that's an interesting thing but he did say John said himself he had the best conversation or was it Dana Dana said he had the best conversation he's like ever had with John Jones Mm. Uh, just recently and that they're both on the same page and ready to start getting some shit done so there you go you know and usually if dana was lying john would hop on twitter and say no fuck this bald bitch she's lying but <laughs> john, john didn't john didn't dispute it so maybe there's something they're working on i do take jones in that fight if they end up competing against each other and i've i've heard other people you know luke thomas he thinks that izzy would win and that people are overestimating the takedown ability of john jones and what we saw in the Reyes fight, for instance, and how much more advanced of a striker is Izzy versus Reyes. And if, especially if he beats Jan, who just beat Reyes, that's MMA math, but it still says something. Um, yeah, I still take John Jones there because I think he's well-rounded enough. And I think that the well-roundedness is what would get him through it. And I think he's bigger. I think he's longer. He's rangier. And, of course, Izzy is super rangy, and he's obviously a, a super tall guy as well. But I think that John Jones' natural gifts would be on his side there. Well, John has always been the best at. He's the model for use your reach to your advantage. Mm-hmm. You know. The yeah, he like really Struve is. Have never been able to figure it out. Lil M, what do you guys think of Bellator's new light heavyweight division? Jesus Christ, did it get yoked in a couple days? So <laughs> of course, yeah, that's a great word to use for it. Vadim Nemkov obviously, you know, finishes Bader in super impressive fashion. So Vadim Nemkov, it's really interesting because he has lost to Yuri Prohaska, who is one of the up-and-comers in the light heavyweight division in the UFC right now. That's the last time he's lost, which was a while back. Um, so Vadim Nemkov versus Yoel versus Rumble. I think that's what I want to see. I want to see Rumble, Yoel. I want to see them fight in the winner of that fights for the light heavyweight title and honestly they'll probably win it <laughs> like i'd probably yeah. take him over like either of those guys over vadim nemkov i think then vadim nemkov has a chance but man uh dude rumbles just got that unreal ko power and he's been finished on the ground you know so nemkov actually yeah. I, th- I would favor him way more over rumble than i would yoel just because yo is obviously a medalist you know he's a gold medalist right uh in mm-hmm. olympic wrestling so that's a really so, tough or, out. Was he silver? Or was it silver? Either way, yeah. Let me double check. Well, I mean, just this weekend, Rumble lost uh, in Submission Underground to Bader. Oh. That happened on Sunday. So they had a grappling contest, and Bader beat Rumble. Uh, Cowboy tapped out It was out silver, RDA. you're right, by the way. It was silver. It was silver. But Good yeah, call. I was very happy to see Cowboy tap out uh, RDA. That was, that was cool. After losing to him twice in the UFC... He gets mm-hmm. that win back in a mm-hmm. not a hundred percent, but he gets it back uh, to a moral extent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Cowboy got him twice too. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Garrett. Uh, they like couldn't see the tap, so they couldn't figure out like was that a legit stoppage in overtime. So Chael said, "Fuck it, we'll run this one back after the card." So they literally did it twice. Cowboy caught him again. So. Yeah, I think Bellator is about to have an outstanding year if they can manage to pick up Pettis. Mm-hmm. And people are talking about, like, you know, we talked about Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley might go over to Bellator as well because he posted kind of an ominous tweet saying that, you know, he's been 
what he literally just put the word cut right and it was a black mm-hmm. screen so mm-hmm. he literally might be going to bellator he could also go to pfl i mean that's a million dollars if you win their tournament they should be back full-fledged for 2021 and that's a really great opportunity but you know if tyron goes there he's got to face Roy mcdonald who beat him in the ufc and controlled him on the ground so i mean it's a i'm not saying it's going to be an easy road anywhere he goes but um it's going to be a great year for these other organizations these other regional or international organizations i should say these other big dogs and one's always out there throwing out crazy contracts at people so we'll see uh nks um what do you think about sage northcutt's future do you think he's able to build up cred after his loss or will he remain the cornicova of mma Anna Kornikova is talking about tennis there. Is that, is that what the reference is? Um, and that might be a cross joke between him, you know, being in the, the Rocky remake or whatever. Was it a Rocky remake? They're talking about him playing, uh, Dolph Lundgren's character. His kid or his kid. Yeah. His kid. That would have made sense to book him for that. So there, I, I think there might be some cross referencing. I think that's age Northcutt. I mean, it's, it's been a long time now since that loss, uh, to Alejandre, so we'll see when he comes back. We'll see when it happens. But he got starts in that last one. And, I mean, he was talking about how his face was literally broken up. Broke like, his there face, were multiple yeah. fractures all over his face. And we haven't seen him come back since then. And it could just be because of the pandemic. could just be because he's training and putting in that extra effort. Uh, we'll just have to see because, I mean, that feels like the kind of knockout that could change somebody. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was like, almost fucked up, dude. Like, give him Cosmo. <laughs> God, dude, poor guy. I like Sage. I like Sage, but I don't ever see him becoming like a prominent MMA star or anything. I think he'll always kind of be like a, maybe not like a sideshow thing, but mm-hmm. like he'll always be popular because we know him as that kid, that 20-year-old rip dude, mm-hmm. UFC tried out. But I, but I don't ever see him being like, you know, five years from now, dude, we got to get Sage back over here to fight. I don't think that's ever really going to happen. I think the dude's incredibly talented, but not. Yeah, I don't. I don't see like some career resurgence or anything coming from him, if I'm being honest. And I really like. I really like Sage. I don't miss any of his fights. So, felt bad watching Cosmo do that to him. Yeah, I don't miss his fights either. I think he's got a, a shot at coming back. We'll just. I think this next fight will really say a lot about how he's handled the loss and where he's at with it all now. You know. Yeah, I see quite a few people in the chat saying, "Wait, Woodley's cut." Okay, we don't know yet. We don't I haven't know. been I haven't been scrolling Twitter, but right before we started, there was a story going around because I'll pull that he up. posted uh, okay, yeah. But he posted on his Instagram, he just posted a blank black image with the word cut on it. That's all it said. And yeah. so everyone's speculating, but uh it really wouldn't be a surprise now, would it? Let's see. It's going super slow on me right now. Come on, load Twitter. So uh, see oh your statement is false you should delete it wait what is that about Um, that's him click on that what did he say what oh this right here no that looks like he's giving a shout out to you no up the his first tweet from two hours ago someone reply yeah Hi, Tyron. The tweet has been deleted. The screenshot was not Photoshop in any way or form. First, I saw someone screenshot it and searched myself and saw it. Nevertheless, I apologize. So he must have, Malata must have tweeted out that he's cut because of that. And oh. Tyrone is saying no. Oh, okay. That's what it looks like, right? 
The tweet okay, has so, been deleted. Yeah, we don't know. Screenshot was not a Photoshop in any way, shape, or form. I first saw one screenshot it and searched myself and saw it. Nevertheless, I apologize. That is super confusing, actually. Because I never saw the real tweet. I was just kind of going off of what you had said. So maybe not. I think he's saying he's not cut. Yeah. So what was he saying then? Was he just saying he's in shape? <laughs> he's super cut? <laughs> like, why would you uh, post a, a photo just saying the word cut when all these weird... Watch him still be cut, and he's just like... <laughs> yeah, saving He's in contract and... negotiations, so he doesn't want anybody to know. Uh, he's trying to get his you know, money value up. That's really interesting. I have no idea what's going on there then. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, anyway, so maybe that turned out to be a false alarm, um, but it did look like that's what it meant. Pretty ominous. I have no idea what Tyrone Woodley meant by tweeting that out. Tyrone was like, why would you guys think I'm cut? Well, Because he said the word cut without any context. Yeah. He's like, you guys are fucking crazy, bro. Of course not. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck else. I mean, Garrett says he got a paper cut. There we go. There we go. That's what it was. Um, Jake Miller, will regional MMA survive until fans can come back? I think it is surviving now, actually. Um, obviously, yeah. a lot of those places, they depend on the gate. But we're seeing LFA, CES. We're seeing you know Cage Warriors. We're seeing Cage Fury, uh, Titan FC. We're seeing tough enough, you know, we're seeing a lot of those organizations. And then outside of, you know, the, the U.S. and the U.K., we've got, you know, Shooto Brazil. ACA has been putting on events like every single week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the much smaller shows aren't happening because they depend on almost entirely the live gate. They're not, you know, they don't have a deal with Fight Pass, for instance, yeah, like a lot exactly. of these other orgs do. But um, I do think it's uh, surviving well enough, and more people are probably getting the call up than ever uh, to fight on those bigger regional shows. So I, th- I think it's all right. Um, obviously, it's taking a hit. There's zero doubt about that. But I think it's surviving okay, and I think it's bouncing back already. I've got a pretty positive yeah. outlook uh, about it all. Yeah, I'm honestly not even worried about it. They've they've been doing fine, you know. Uh, there was obviously that long dip after the first, like even when UFC had to cut cards, and then it took everyone else a little bit longer to come back. But now it's like everyone's back, bro. Everyone's back, and there hasn't really been any problems. Mm. Um, you know, Bellator has a TV deal. Everyone's got a deal now, like you said. So you got a deal. There seems like they're surviving. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you, if you're on some sort of network, I mean, people are probably watching more than ever. That's what the UFC is claiming. Um, and I think most people, they're seeing an uptick in viewership just because, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're at home. JT vote. Who's the one fighter that you see winning the belt next year? I'm going to say Tatiana Suarez for the third year in a row. Just need her healthy. I fully agree with you. Tatiana Suarez at 115. Mm-hmm. I see her beating everyone. Um, she one just, of my favorites. Yeah, so she had uh, – it was a form of cancer that was found mm-hmm. because while she was training for the Olympics a few years back, she injured one of the vertebrae in her neck, which has been something she's been struggling with ever since, and that's what's illing her now. That was how she found out she had cancer. Her hopes were dashed for the Olympics, and that never actually happened, and so she made her transition to MMA a couple years later, but her neck has been messing with her ever since. And that's where we're at right now. There's this limbo of injuries. And when will she come back? But when she faces people, Dude, they can't like a, answer her wrestling. They just can't. 115 Khabib. She's like a, yeah. of course, different styles. I know. <clears throat> but I'm making the comparison as far as dominance goes. 
as far as taking him down. No one can stop it. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things, it, it must suck so bad. You know, go into a fight, you get knocked out of nowhere, okay. But if you go into a fight, you know what they're going to do and you still can't stop them, god damn, that's got to be frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Knowing what they're going to do and you can't stop it. That means, you know what the fuck you're doing, man. I, I So I'm with you guys. Uh, I'm huge on uh, Tatiana Suarez. You know, I think Ngannou definitely be a champion. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stipe survived 25 minutes already. Can he survive another 25 without catching one? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I'd say those are my two biggest ones. Um, I see someone in here said, uh, Mike says, uh, Adrian Yanez is going to be a serious threat in the 130. I fucking love that dude, bro. Mm. From his Dana White's, uh, you know, the appearance he did on there, just murked that dude and then came in. Ugh, huge fan of that dude. I think he's going to be a problem too, so good call. Definitely a prospect to watch out for. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at title people, Charles Oliveira, I mean, I've got to outline him right now. Um, I just think he looks so, so, so phenomenal. We could see Max Holloway get another title shot and win there. I think Peter Jan will keep his title. The uh, Marais might win it. I don't know. That's a really, really uh, tough one to call. He might win at 125. Let me collapse this. Um, let's see. Welterweight, I actually got Gilbert Burns winning against Usman because I think he's going to be too. a threat on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a threat on the feet. I think he's got better hands than Usman does, and I mm-hmm. think he can abs- absolutely sub him on the ground. You know? That's what I've been saying. Yep. You know, a lot of fighters get in there, and they're hesitant to throw their hands because they're worried about the takedown, and Gilbert's not going to have that problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see him letting his fucking hands go and, you know, take me down. You know, I'm, I'm fucking stoked on that fight. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to pick I'm, I'm gonna pick Burns there. But Usman could beat Usman. Who knows, man? Only way I see Izzy losing his title is if he vacates it um, and says, I'm going to stay at light heavyweight, uh, you know, presuming he can beat Jan Blahovic. Um I actually see Izzy taking the title from him. I've got Izzy to win that fight. Stipe, I do see Nganu winning that fight. Amanda Nunes will keep her title. Wiley Zhang, as long as Tatiana Suarez <laughs> is out of the picture, I see her keeping the title. Um, so we'll just have to see about that. Valentina Shevchenko will keep her title. Uh, the only question is if these two fight, Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes, who wins that? It would happen at 135. There's no way Nunes, it, she's the biggest version of herself she's ever been to be able to fight both at 145 and 135. She's not going down to 125. It has to happen at 135. That's the weight class they both shared in the past anyway when they fought two times. Um, I think Shevchenko has a shot there, but I still favor Nunes there. So, to sum that up, I think everyone here keeps it except for Stipe. I think Nganu takes it, and I think Izzy takes it here. Izzy probably keeps his title, probably goes back down and defends at least one at a time. I just don't know who he fights right now. I'm not interested in Robert Whitaker too right now. Paulo Costa too, I'm not interested in. Jared Cannonier lost his title shot by losing to Whitaker. Darren Till, I don't see him getting a title shot. Vittori, who knows? We could see what happens with Vittori. There's obviously a fight between them in the past, and that's one person who won on one of the judges' scorecards. I don't know how that's possible. I only think he could have possibly won one round. Chris Lee. Was it Chris Lee, actually? Oh, probably. I know. I don't know. Meme-wise, it's definitely him. Yeah. Um, I see Gilbert Burns here. So I could see um, maybe Max Holloway. So I could see potentially one here. I just don't know that they'll fight again if Max Holloway and Volkanovski. I just had him winning the last one, so I give Max that one. So potentially one, two. Obviously, Habib, you know, it looks like he's vacating his title, but I'm kind of just putting that in a question mark. If he's still here, I have him beating anybody. 
So I've got one, two. I don't have Davison losing. Uh, three for Jan Blahovich down here. Four. Four titles changing hands. That's what I, I see this see, year. I, I could see Ortega beating beating Volk. I'm not saying I'd bet my house on it, but I could see Ortega doing it. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that one. For sure. Bald Ortega beats Volk, says <laughs> G-Stoyle. <laughs> Shout out to you, uh, uh, Twitch gamer there. What's up, G-Stoy? I'm calling him Ooh, that, even though he has Garrett Stoyle on here. Oh, that's G-Stoy? All right. Yeah, dude. Um, Geographic Gaming, he beat him in the first fight, uh, but not the second one, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought, I mean, he definitely won the first fight against uh, Max all the way. The second fight, I thought Max made the changes necessary, and I think that's the version we'll see in the third fight again. I watched on mute Max 1, says uh, Jonathan Mercado. Fair enough. Zingus, MMA on point, you really think Nganu has a big chance? I disagree. A lot of people disagree. Yeah. And you have a good reason. I mean, he if passed his prologue, the guy who won the first time wins the second time. So, I mean, you have all the right reasons there. And I'll say this. I have not learned my lesson. You know, Nganu got, you know, dominated in that fight the first time, and he hasn't really done anything to show that his wrestling defense has improved. Yes, he beat Kane. Yes, he beat Blades, but they didn't go to the map. So I, I agree with your your viewpoint of skepticism. I just don't know if I agree with it to the same extent. I think Nganu will make the changes necessary, and Stipe's only getting older, you know? Mm-hmm. Stipe Schools, Francis again, says Marty from Nebraska. <laughs> there you go. Dylan Marsher, why Wonder Boy versus Whitaker for the interim title? Up at 185? Wonder Boy, I don't see him fighting for the interim title at 185. Yeah. No way. Um, yeah, there's two different weight classes, obviously, they fought in the past, but that was when Whitaker was at 170. So, no, I don't see that one happening. Jason sounds like Stephen A. Smith right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because I took That's... because I took the number one contender to possibly win at heavyweight, that makes me Stephen A. Smith. All right. That's dude, I takes. just I don't see dude already survived twenty five minutes with with Ngano. and he got hit a couple times. Like there's some you can look back, dude. I mean he he took him. His head, Stepe's head, literally goes like this after taking a shot. Like yeah, I just the probability of going fifteen minutes with a guy like Ngano and not taking some power, you know, all it takes is one power punch from him. Um, if DC can knock him out, Ngano can knock him out, and just the probability of surviving another twenty five minutes. Oh I me. Mean, if Stipe mm. can finish him, sure. Yeah. You know, if Stipe beats, I, I, dude, I just don't think you go 50 minutes with Engano and don't, don't catch a life-ending fucking uppercut or some shit. I just don't. I saw somebody say this the other day. They were like, "All right, if Stipe beats Engano and then he beats John Jones, he's the greatest fighter ever." And you might be able to make that case, like because John Jones right now is undefeated. You know, I think he lost against Reyes, but you know, it's like. If he can finish that guy's streak, he holds the heavyweight championship record. And he does it twice, by the way, because that would be three title defenses again. So the record for all the UFC's history, all the lineage of the UFC heavyweight division, the most defenses somebody had in succession was two. Um, everybody lost after that. Everybody did. Randy Couture, Tim Sylvia, Andre Arlovsky, you know, Frank Mir. Brock Lesnar, anybody you want to name that was ever heavyweight champion, uh, Kane Velasquez, JDS, they all couldn't make it past two. He broke that record. 
Uh, and he broke it the first time with Francis Ngannou, strangely enough. So if he can beat Francis Ngannou again, and then he beats somebody like John Jones, you could legit make the case for that. And especially, you know, when you're talking like, yeah, the heavyweight fighters, if they're skilled enough, you know, like, I mean, they can beat anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you could argue that DJ is more skilled, 125 pounds, if you really realistically put them together, there's no way <laughs> DJ's doing anything to uh, them. So if you literally want to put in actual literal terms, you could make that case. Absolutely. Interesting. Costa versus Whitaker would be good. Yeah, I think that would be a fun fight. We'll have to see how Costa comes back, man. That's a really interesting one. Yeah, I'm down as fuck for that fight. That would be dope. Thomas that'd be says, a good fight. Yeah, that would be a great one. Thomas says, Struve about to get a title shot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, can you oh, imagine? Dude, I still can't believe Struve knocked out Stipe like that. That's the weirdest that, win, yeah. That's heavyweights for you, though, bro. That's heavyweights. And that's what I mean with God. Like, dude, you just never know. All it takes is one good combo. All it takes. Cool. Well, I think we're about to wrap it up. We've been going for a solid, you know, almost two hours now. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should address? Um, obviously, there's a lot of news that happened. We talked about ABC carrying the UFC cards in January. It looks like they're going to try to do it for the 16th. Um mm-hmm. We talked about uh, Pettis leaving the UFC. We talked about, you know, this past weekend's uh, fights. Um, we did talk a little bit about Connor versus Poirier. The big three fights there, Hamzat versus Leon, of course. Yeah, man, I think we pretty much covered it. So, you good, Mac? Yeah, man, that was fun. Yeah, man, thanks fun. so much for joining me. Because, obviously, I, I said this at the top. You know, we didn't have, um, we didn't have Lawton. We didn't have PT, and it was just me. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it by myself. And you're like, dude, I'll join you. It's like, fuck yeah, let's hang out, man. So appreciate everybody in the chat. We got a ton of super chats today. Thank you for all the support, guys. Really appreciate that. It really helps us. Um, I want to give a shout out to Caveman Coffee. You can see the link in the description for 25% off on anything in their store. So make sure you hit them up. They have helped us a ton with the show and expanding the show and doing new and cool stuff. So definitely support them because they support us. Think of that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson stuff. If we didn't have sponsors and all that kind of stuff, we might not be able to go out and do that. We had to hire people. We had to buy new gear. It helps helps a ton. And then we're also talking about trying to get a studio space. Fingers crossed 2021 will be moved into a studio and they will let me actually go to the UK because I can't even go right now because of COVID. So we'll see what happens. So appreciate you guys. If you watch this, please like it, upvote us. That really helps us out. Um, Anybody that enjoyed what they heard, please do that. An audio version will be available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify soon. So listen out for that. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Mac. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate you, No problem. And let me uh, say also, I'm probably going to hop on Twitch in about an hour. So, I mean, if you guys are still looking forward to the Twitch stream, I'm still going to do that. So I'm ready to crack some beers play some ufc4 and talk more mma so meet me over there in about an hour awesome yeah twitch.tv slash mma on point that's where you can find us i do believe we actually have a link in our description for that so check that out again appreciate you guys we will see you on the next video you guys have an awesome awesome day peace out happy holidays peace